0: Welcome to another edition of The Purple, a podcast guestling out this week as he is uh, taking some vacation time. So it's Zolgad and Collar with you. And Matthew, let's start off with the uh, curious case of uh, the kombucha drinking Michael Floyd. So Michael Floyd uh, went to Arizona and had his hearing this past week, in which case he got off pretty lightly, in my opinion. He gets a day in jail. He gets. He's going to have to serve the last five days of his house arrest, which was going on anyway, and that's it. But then you saw a story, Pro Football Talk, I believe, broke this, that Michael Floyd actually has had his hearing with the National Football League already. And after you read that story, I think there's a, a decent chance here that he not only gets a suspension, but it might be really lengthy.
1: Well, if you look at the uh, policy that the NFL and players have agreed upon with the substance abuse— uh, Michael Floyd's BAC cleared the threshold that's written out in the agreement for the substance abuse policy by actually quite a bit. Yeah, which is <laughs> that, not good. That if you get a DUI of .09, say with your BAC blood alcohol content, is it? Blood? B, yeah, blood okay, alcohol content. Yeah, okay. So if you get if you get a .09 you will get a two-game suspension. It's pretty well laid out there. Yep. But if you go higher than .15, there is some pretty ambiguous language there that allows Roger Goodell to kind of do whatever he wants. So if you add that, where I've seen other guys get four games for something like that where it was higher... Uh, But if you add that with now a violation, I believe that um, him being given another day of jail is the court saying, we don't really believe your kombucha tea defense. Mm -hmm. It's not that bad what you did, but we're not buying that you drank some bad tea that was in the sun for a little while. So you're going to have to spend another day in jail. Well, the NFL could look at that as a violation, too, of even their own policy. And also... Floyd got a DUI in college, which you wouldn't think would apply, but if you use precedent going back to Terrell Pryor, the NFL punished Pryor for things that he had done in college, mm-hmm. which to me says that counts. And if that's the case, you're looking at potentially half of the season that Floyd could get suspended.
0: And they could get there by basically saying that that while, you were, while violation one was in play here, you went to violation two correct so basically what goodell and the league could say is is you had a secondary offense while while we were going to basically come up with hearing one for you and with all of that as well i find it to be very intriguing that that the uh, league itself jumped the gun and said you come here right now and did not wait for the second court hearing So to me, to me, what that the path that that leads me down is this. They looked at the uh, kombucha tea defense and said, get real. Come (laughs) on. You are lying. I mean, because if they if they had wanted to wait, they could have easily waited. So, yeah, eight games is not going to surprise me one bit. And here's my question. Then if he gets eight games and that sticks. okay, now that's half the year what becomes what becomes the plan then because w- once again to me this now gives treadwell what an eight game chance to establish himself and by the time floyd can come back they could say well we're glad you're back but Either Treadwell is going great guns and playing well for us at this point, or, oh, my God, we really took a bad player in the first round of the 2015 or 16 draft.
1: And I have a tough time completely buying into everything that the Vikings are selling with Laquan Treadwell. Just today, Judd, and I tweeted this out if anyone wants to go check it out, um, I read an article from the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver coach that he wrote for MMQB, or they interviewed him and then wrote out what he said. Sure. Breaking down a single play, just a single Cincinnati Bengals play Mm -hmm. and what all the wide receiver assignments were and all the things that they had to uh, understand about what the defense was doing all at once. And what came to mind for me was this is a complicated game that if you are struggling with your route distance or struggling where to line up or struggling to understand uh, guys' leverage and what type of releases you're supposed to have or all those different things, you just can't make it in the NFL as a wide receiver. And it's the thing that Cordero Patterson struggled with, but Patterson was so special of a playmaker and an athlete that they were able to find a limited role for him. But with Treadwell, he's not that special of an athlete. So he's not that fast. If he can't figure these things out, which is very difficult and takes a lot of work and is really challenging. If he can't figure those things out, then they are in kind of trouble because (laughs) Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen are both excellent in what they do. Players get hurt in the NFL a lot. So even if they stay healthy, then you're looking at who for a number three or a number four wide receiver. That's a good question. You've got to really hope that Rodney Adams steps up, yep. or you've got to go back to having Jarius Wright be part of the offense again. And they haven't shown any willingness or or want to really do that. And now you feel really short at that position.
0: So do, do we? We need to backtrack here too and say that we now think that the reason why the Vikings. Uh, Went so hard in their defense of Floyd was not uh, to basically help him in in his hearing in Arizona, but was proactive with the league itself because the league had its hearing. That's important to me because they basically probably have decided he then goes to the authorities to have his day in court again, gets slapped with, you know, a day in jail, which isn't great. But it's not certainly as bad as it could have been. But do we now think that the Vikings probably were, were proactive because they're saying to themselves, uh oh, the league's going to come down hard? But if we say, but if we say we encouraged it, that might help. I mean, that leads me down the path to believe that the Vikings are expecting the worst and are hoping to God that the league now says, well, if the Vikings have kumbacha tea on tap <laughs> at Winter Park, that might change things. Yeah, I'm and just I, guessing here.
1: No, I think that's very possible. But if we use the New England Patriots as uh, our judge for this, I would say... That the Patriots came up with all types of explanations for how those darn footballs lost their—they uh, lost their air because it was cold, or they lost and that's their air Tom, because Tom Brady. Right.
0: Who the networks want to see playing every single Sunday. So, yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Because, I
1: mean, the one thing that came to mind for me was I don't know, they got the Super Bowl this year in Minnesota, and maybe that earns you a little bit of good faith. But I don't think so at all. I think with Goodell, that he doesn't mind coming down hard on guys. And with Floyd having this past history, and then as severe as the DUI was, Mm -hmm. my expectation is now six to eight games and that they would be very lucky to have it be anything less and and it
0: might go eight to six like they might give him eight and get it down to six uh so scale of of one to ten what is your confidence in the viking receiver core right now with floyd first and then if they don't have him for half the year what does your confidence become at that point
1: well with uh floyd i think if he's the receiver that he was a few years ago and maybe the fact that he, outside of the kombucha tea incident, has cleaned himself up a bit uh, or is handling, trying to handle his drinking issue, that he may bounce back to being that type of player. And with him, that is a really nice weapon because what you're trying to do if you're the Vikings is throw a lot underneath, complete five six seven yard passes get some yards after catch open up the defense a little bit with a deep man which would be floyd to set those passes up underneath and especially to your running backs as well but without that deep threat that becomes a lot more difficult where teams can basically f- say all right well you can't really beat us over the top Diggs and thingland both can do it but they're not just a pure deep threat that's going to be going down the field every single time mm-hmm. If you're not going to be able to send a guy deep over the top of us, then we're just going to put you in a bubble and let you throw underneath and tackle you, just like many teams did last year to the Vikings. I think it's it really hurts them. It's the reason why they decided to go after Alshon Jeffrey and offered him a contract, which
0: was incredibly telling.
1: Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, but even if Laquan Treadwell was doing well, you'd still be looking for somebody who could go deep and stretch the defense a little bit. Without him, there is not a guy. I think Stacey Coley has some potential there, but you're talking about a seventh-round pick, and I just kind of, who knows, with... We've seen an undrafted guy and a fifth-rounder turn into stars and first-rounders turn into But probably a practice busts. squad
0: guy for Coley for yeah. 2017.
1: Yeah, for right now. And Rodney Adams is another guy who can go deep a little bit but is mostly kind of the playmaker type, like a Cordero Patterson role. So now you feel like you're kind of playing within that 10 yards uh, with most of your passing game again. And I also don't trust – mike Remmers and riley reef to be excellent pass blocking tackles i think they'll be competent which is a big change yeah. but i don't think that they'll be top end so is floyd more important do you think as a deep threat or a red zone threat i think he's more important as a deep threat but in the red zone he's good They should just throw in the red zone anyway. I think it was scheme last year more than what anybody was doing. Uh, I don't think it was a Sam Bradford problem or even a – I know Kyle Rudolph had a drop in the end zone, so we kind of look at that. But uh, Rudolph's a big target. that mostly catches the ball when it comes his way. Uh, Diggs and Thielen are both guys that can line up in the slot and get open. Jarek McKinnon lined up in the slot for a play. He got open. He can play in some sort of wide receiver role. But what they kept doing for whatever reason I don't know Mm -hmm. was lining up and trying to stuff right up the middle. And that just did not work over and over again. They had Nick Easton. as because they were running the Adrian Peterson offense when Adrian was no
0: longer there, and it still to this day will never make a lot of sense to me.
1: Against Jacksonville.
0: Matt Asiata, what are you doing? Yeah, they they why are you doing that to him?
1: Nick Easton, a backup center who'd never played before. And Matt Asiata, who is a below-replacement-level running back, trying to get a yard to get in the end zone, as opposed to using your quarterback, who excels in throwing short passes. Correct. It's just mind-blowing. I have no idea. I have never figured that out. And the
0: short West Coast pass inside the 20 is ideal. It loosens things up, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Here is an interesting piece I found from uh, the league's website, sir. The most underrated receiving groups... As ranked by by the author here, number one on this list is actually the Vikings. Oh. And here's the part I found to be intriguing. Uh, This guy lists, so he lists the top three Vikings receivers as Diggs, Thielen, Treadwell. And he said, I decided to include Treadwell based on a conversation I had with outgoing Vikings receiver Cordell Patterson, who told me at the Pro Bowl that offensive coordinator Pat Shermer planned on utilizing his weapons more effectively in 2017. That, to me, is telling. It, I It's not that I think that Patterson's a great football mind, but I do think my expectation, to go back to what we just said, is this. I think the change to Shermer is going to be very important here. And this is Norv Turner's had a long career. And Norv Turner, at times, has been very good. So don't get me wrong. This is not bashing Norv. But to what you just said about attempting to run the ball last year, even with Peterson out, all of those things – If you look at this offense now and say, instead of saying, these are my principles, right? You say, what can we possibly do to utilize the personnel? That's a huge first step. And that's the one thing that I didn't think that they did last year consistently. I thought they did sometimes. But if they are going to say to themselves, okay, this is our groups. This is what what we have personnel-wise now. Let's put it to good use. Mm -hmm. It's going to make a huge difference.
1: Well, and there's a couple of guys that can benefit greatly and really, that what you just said is one of the arguments for keeping Cordero Patterson around, by the way. I mean, if you were to go back in time... You're right about that, yeah. yeah. I mean, I know he's not a deep threat. Maybe the thing that they like about Michael Floyd is this. If Adam Thielen gets hurt and is out six weeks, you can move Michael Floyd into his spot and you're fine. Or maybe he would have been on an outside... I think he'll probably be on the outside and what, either Diggs or Thielen will line up in the slot on almost every play. That's That's how I kind of see it going. Mm-hmm. But you can move Floyd different spots because he is a smart enough player and he can get offenses down and he can go where he's supposed to go and things like that, and, and he could handle that. But if you were talking about moving Treadwell into a slot that doesn't quite fit as well, or if you were talking about if you brought back Cordero Patterson, moving him anywhere except for the slot or in the short pass role is pretty much impossible. I always thought there was a case, though, For Patterson, because of what you were just talking about, you know exactly what you have. You know that you have a playmaker that you could scheme to get that guy the ball, get him in space. You can run him out of the backfield. You can run him in reverses. You can throw him screens. You can fake screens and throw deep passes and bring up the safety and all sorts of different options with Cordero. Sure. And you like that you hear – that Shermer is going to try to maximize everyone's skill sets. Jarek McKinnon comes to mind for me there. This is a guy who can line up as a wide receiver. He can almost play like a Percy Harvin role. He's that. I mean, he's not quite as gifted as Percy Harvin because very few people He certainly people could are. be Darren Sproles. But, yeah, he could be, right. Sproles is a, Same type is a of good, body build, good type that. of com- comparison that he can play that sort of role. Yep. You'd like to see that, because last year I thought it left a lot to be desired with how they utilized everyone's skill set outside of Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. I I think because of those two, neither one of them is an Antonio Brown or Julio Jones name. Mm-hmm. But if you're talking one-two combinations, mm-hmm. they're, they've got to be pretty high up there. I mean, Pro Football Focus ranked them both in the top 20. Patterson is gone.
0: Tell me, uh, after this coming year, about other Vikings who who might be gone, and I'll preface this by saying if you look at two things, Xavier Rhodes is going to get a massive contract, and I'm convinced he stays. He's too good. You can't let him walk. Mm -hmm. And the conundrum becomes this. You're going to have to pay a quarterback. So if the Vikings sit down uh, maybe. In, in February, maybe, maybe. well, unless okay, Teddy I'm going to go back. out on a limb and say I'm convinced that they are going to have to pay a quarterback because. So why are, why are you so
1: negative about Teddy's knee then, Judge?
0: Uh, I am negative about it because until I see, mm-hmm. until I actually see him practice football and play football, mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. I am not convinced that you can come back. I saw, I covered Culpepper and in 2005. Culpepper against Carolina took a brutal hit and his knee blew up and he was never the same. And my understanding is what happened to Culpepper is probably not all that close as Teddy. Teddy's is worse. So Dante Culpepper was never close to being the same guy. So this being said, I will be convinced that Teddy can play again when Teddy plays again. Um, but the point is that the Vikings are going to have to sit down in February and very likely have to make some tough decisions as far as potentially restructuring or cutting guys, and you've got a list of guys whose contracts might be an interesting issue after 2017.
1: Yeah, these are all players who have very little dead money, under $2 million of dead money, so you could pretty much cut them and walk away and feel totally okay with yourself. Like You're you're not getting stuck with a big dead cap number for any of those guys. Mm -hmm. Uh, The first is Anthony Barr, who we talked about a little bit on the last Purple Podcast, just about their options there. The big thing with Anthony Barr is you either pay him $12 million or you cut him.
0: Barring and, injury, yes.
1: Yes, barring injury. Now, if he has an injury, nope, like Shreve Floyd, no intended, but... uh, I think you did intend No, that. I did not. I was not going Matthew Collar. All right. I said barring injury, and then I thought, my God, I just said that.
0: <laughs> i was kicking myself.
1: Assuming that Anthony Barr... <laughs> Do, does does not have an in, an injury okay. like sheree floyd yep. that would uh, have him be on um the, the and you said that's it, 12 million that would be 12 million dollars because he's being paid like the outside edge rushing linebackers so what they do is they take what is it the top 10 it's like the median five, of the top 10 or top five an average amount and that's what you get for your fifth year option okay. so you're talking about the Vaughn Millers of the world, right, and how much they make. So he'd be making $12 million for one year. I think there's a very good possibility they'd decide to cut him instead. Okay. And, and if they cut him, $0 cap hit that they have to take. Uh, the next one is Alex Boone. $6.7 million for him, 0 if they cut him. Okay. Uh, we have Anderson Dejo as well. Oh, no, not him. Brian Robinson, yep. Everson
0: Griffin. And Brian's probably... I would guess this is Brian's last year,
1: either his last year or may restructure to keep him around. But he may he may even retire after. That's that's my thought. What's Griffin's uh, uh, salary? Can see, you tell? I
0: haven't written that down yet. Okay, because Griffin would be because he's a guy that I would think that you wouldn't wouldn't want to do that to. But uh, Bar, Sendejo. Robison
1: not unless somebody else shows Grand up this year out of nowhere sure unless uh Stephen Weatherly turns out to yeah. be, you know what I mean
0: but you've developed Griffin he's in, so good and he's too. really
1: really he's effective. one of the, he's one of the most dominant and he, players. There.
0: and Hunter at the ends could be incredibly tough yeah.
1: he's set to make 8.4 next year on the cap or I'm sorry Everson is 9.7 on the cap so he's got a big number yeah with 1.2 dead money that could be a restructure okay there's a very good possibility. That and that could be a deal where you, you go to him and
0: essentially say, we'll give you a longer term again so we don't have to absorb the immediate hit for 2018. Okay, Correct.
1: Sure. You also have uh, Kyle Rudolph, Linval Joseph, and Latavius Murray.
0: This is interesting. Rudolph, Linval, yep. and Latavius Murray. Yep.
1: But Linval's not making that much. The guys that stick out to me that I think have a very good chance of not being around, yep. Alex Boone I think could go uh because you can probably replace him with a draft pick Danny Isidora they drafted this year. And if your tackles
0: and if your tackles are good your your life becomes much simpler off the bat. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm and, with you on that.
1: And 6.7 is a ton to pay for a guard. Yes it is. Yep. I would almost mark him down as restructure at best for Alex Boone. but considering that he's been around a while too, I think he'd walk on you at that point, don't yeah, you? I think I think he'd probably want to be cut. Okay. Kyle Rudolph is the one that's really interesting to me mm-hmm. because Rudolph has had a pretty good career here. I wouldn't say that he's put himself in the upper, upper echelon of tight ends, but he's reliable when you throw him the ball. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for 8 to 10 yards, he'll usually catch it, and you won't get much more than that. And what's his price tag? His that price tag next year is 7300000 million. He's gone then. At that, he's gone. And Unless they, he restructures. And they can move on from him for one point three. So I think drafting Bucky Hodges, yep. part of that is we're looking for a guy that could be a little more dangerous that might be able to replace Kyle Rudolph for almost nothing. Okay. Latavius Murray would save $5 million. You'd have to pay $1.2 million. And there's a good chance there, if Dalvin Cook is just fantastic, yep. that they're like, "Hey, Latavius, we like you and all, but we need to make a few million bucks." Now, here's the one thing with, with
0: him to be careful of: don't underestimate the importance that he might uh, play in the in as far as a receiver and blocker, though.
1: Yep, because if
0: Dalvin Cook gets here and we, we've heard good things, but he's a young player, mm-hmm. so if he's not completely adept at blocking, I mean, the one thing I always come back to is this. Adrian Peterson, in my opinion, was was at his best as a Viking with Chester Taylor. Now, his best years didn't come with Chester, but Chester could come in on third down and you were always getting you knew exactly what you, you were getting. So the one thing that I wouldn't underestimate is the importance of Murray as far as protecting the quarterback and also catching the ball out of the backfield.
1: But let me Stephen A. Smith you and say, however,
0: I was waiting for that. $6.3
1: $6.3 million cap hit for Latavius Murray right, next that's year. Heavy. That's That's, that's much. a lot for that's a running much. back. It's basically a one year deal that they gave. And if you're paying Rhodes and a quarterback, for instance, that's a very good point. Uh, then if you're looking to cut the fat anywhere, it, even if you like his role on the offense, yep. you're going to say 6.3 for a running back is it, kind of a lot. Good point. And Andrew Sendejo, no dead money to cut him, $3.5 million. Here's the thing with Sendejo, though. He continues to survive by being just reliable. But this is the upgrade, right? Are you never,
0: are are you ever going to go out? I mean, I'm not even saying that you cut Sandejo to save. Are you ever going to go out and spend on that position? I mean, do we, do we comprehend? I mean, the Vikings know this. Zimmer's talked about it. How much potentially havoc, potential havoc that Harrison Smith could cause if he was playing by a good safety? Like he's always playing by these guys.
1: I a guy. I think one of the things is that I've heard that they're close, that Harrison Smith really likes Andrew Sundejo and they like playing together. Well, good for them. Well, then you they know, can they can text back and forth. I know I don't I, like you I and know. vice versa,
0: but we do the damn show together. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Yeah, it's that's still a great the most point. popular podcast, Vikings podcast out there. <laughs> we don't have to like each
1: other. I'm Separate o- cabs? I'm only here because I get to work with Ben Gessling. I contractually <laughs>
0: have to talk to you during this time and also <laughs> with Mackie, and that's it.
1: Well, now, Besides that, we never talk. So here, but here's what I want to ask you. Yes, I sir. mean, all of this is uh, interesting just for what they might do in the future and how they might make room for a giant Xavier Rhodes contract, which is what you mentioned. Yep. How many of these players, though, are playing for their Vikings contract? Like, playing for their career here in minnesota because i think this year anthony barr should consider himself just like any other free agent like if i want a big contract i've really got to earn it this year Mm -hmm. alex boone i just don't see any way they do that again i i think whether he's great or terrible it won't matter 6.7 for a guard with no dead money they're they're not sticking with that that's just not going to happen yep i agree Sendejo, I think is one of the players who is basically playing because if you're at 3.5 million and he does a good job this year and their safeties are great then you're sticking with that you're not going to spend big on another safety you're going to say 3.5 for this guy is a really good deal I do think Rudolph is one of the guys who's playing for that and if there's going to be somebody who slips statistically from last year he's had a career high in catches yep they have tried to add these other wide receivers. They should be throwing a lot more to their running backs than they did last year. Sure. I mean, we talked about this a little bit in Philadelphia. I mean, they were they threw over a hundred passes to the three running backs. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if it's that way again here, which I think will take quite a bit away from Kyle Rudolph. I, I think
0: um, for sure restructures, if not outright cuts, on this list are Boone, Rudolph for sure. Murray might. It, t- To your point, might have to restructure. Here's my question: Aside from Sam Bradford, is Anthony Barr second on a list of guys who are playing for for where they're going to be considered? Mm -hmm. As far as I mean, Anthony Barr, it just amazed me. Two years ago, I sat on this podcast and said this: this man is the linchpin of this defense, and we knew that the defense was getting good. And I raved about what he could do and the different things he could do and how the head coach loved him. And now I come back to, is he the Sam Bradford of the defense in this sense? We don't know who he is. And there is a chance that after th- this year, the Vikings are going to say, yeah, that's it. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was, this guy's a first round pick. He's a top 10 pick. This is no, if they cut bait here, this is no small thing. I mean, this isn't a fourth-round pick who you thought was good, and now he's not. This is a high-draft pick who you potentially, I guess, could say it didn't work. That's a big deal to me.
1: He was playing two years ago like one of the superstars of the league. Yes. Like, you would have said, who are the linebacker superstars who are up and coming in 2015 Khalil Mack, Vaughn Miller. I said Jason Taylor. J- sure, yeah. I mean, he, I said that's that's who he reminded me of. His name would have been thrown out there with that caliber of star player. Maybe not the absolute biggest defensive star in the league, but way up there. And now the way we look at him is his future is completely unclear. And I wrote a piece earlier this offseason about making him more of a pure pass rusher this year. Uh-huh. One of the things they didn't do, though, because I would love to see him and Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter all line up on the D line at the same time. Maybe with Tom Johnson as your DT at that point, if it's pure passing situations,
0: that could be interesting.
1: I would be interested in having him do that. I think he is still a very good pass rusher, even though he didn't get a ton of sacks last year. He scored pretty high from pro football focus. His pressure rate was still pretty solid. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they should have in this off season, considered finding another linebacker as a just in case the one that came to mind for me was actually Eric Kendricks' brother. Michael Kendricks, his cap hit was too high. Philadelphia Eagles, right? yeah, Philadelphia was trying to get rid of him. I went back and watched his game against Minnesota. It was pretty solid. Okay. He got after the quarterback a bit. He's not a perfect player by any means uh-huh. and is more of kind of a pass rusher himself, but uh they really if Barr isn't good again, they really have no one behind him. I mean, they drafted Ben Gideon. I don't know what you have there. Sure. Edmund Robinson is kind of taking over the base package role. But if he doesn't play well, he plays as poor as he was last year. I don't know what you do there other than you've just kind of got to survive it. Linebacker-wise,
0: too, this team's intriguing because for as as solid as we consider most of this defense to be, that's one group of people where I think you say you've got one sure thing. Greenway's gone, and and he, he was certainly not great, but Greenway's gone now. Bars a question mark. When you look at that group, you don't say to yourself, man, that's solid. You say, yeah, you know, it's it's okay, but there's question marks there, too. Yeah, yeah, there are. That's and- not a certainty. And that comes back to to the point of it is amazing. A year ago at this time, we had so much certainty. Like Bridgewater, we were saying, okay, he should develop. But for the most part, I think Vikings fans, when, when the team went to training camp in late July in uh, 2016, you said to yourself – Team coming off a division title, a lot of certainty here. This is going to be a really good team. To now saying, well, their defense still looks pretty good, but there are a lot of questions.
1: If you're talking about player by player, who we even feel confident about on the defensive side? Mm-hmm. Harrison Smith for sure. Yep. Although I wonder about the health because he had some serious sure. issues at the end of last year. And Let's assume he's healthy. He tried to he tried to come back, uh, and it wasn't great. And then he had off season surgery. And they were
0: desperate too. Yes. I mean they, they were in the midst of what? The three and eight spiral at that point. Yeah.
1: Let's assume let's just assume everyone's healthy. Okay. But I, I do wonder about that. He plays sure. so hard all the time that he's a guy that's kind of bound to miss two to four games just because of it. Xavier Rhodes, I am a hundred percent sure is one of the best corners in the league, though I guarantee his numbers go down this year because of the competition he's facing. He is facing the best of the best, A.J. Green, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. And it's going to be a tough ride for Xavier Rhodes, but he's still one of the best. Linval Joseph mm-hmm. is a elite nose tackle and one of the most valuable defensive players in the league to me, and it's hilarious that he got left off that top 100 list. Uh, it's a joke. Yep. Everson and Daniil Hunter.
0: Yep, and, and I, three techniques uncertain now. I would say Eric Eric Hendricks
1: too. I am solid that I know what I have. in Yeah, Eric I Hendricks.
0: I don't think he might not be a star, but at least there. I, I think we're we're just t- talking about star player or not. Identifying positions that you're confident in, completely confident in.
1: And I I think the rest there's at least some question. Nickel about corner,
0: him. you're not. Uh, Trey Wayne's, I'm not. Yeah, Trey Wayne's, you're not. Terrence, you think you are. But he's what going to be thirty nine? Going to be thirty. I mean, come on, at some point in time, that cliff comes and you're going to fall right off that cliff. So yeah, I think if we're sitting here talking about personnel and saying certainty, it's difficult. It's diff- I mean, we know the scheme works. Here's what concerns me: to go back to it and and this starts up front. But what concerns me is this: the three technique position, because in the Zimmer defense, that's got to be solid. And once again, we're getting a lot of of summertime or springtime oh this guy's gonna fit there in this guy. but you know what collar that happens every single year you know the quantrad well, looked great in may against rhodes well rhodes couldn't bump him and rhodes didn't didn't want to get hurt while defending him so yeah i think there is a ton of i think we know but i'm not sure about it
1: well this takes me to something else that i ran across this week which was pro football focus ranking the vikings as having the 12th best roster in the NFL, what do you think of that rating? I think, <laughs> I think it's incredibly fair
0: because little Viking horn for you. Uh, I think it's incredibly fair because I think the Vikings could be as high as seventh or eighth, or as low as nineteenth or twentieth. This is once again. This comes back to. I think I am confident in this defense. I have question marks, but I know the scheme works. Uh, The offense was such a train wreck last year that I think guys are going to be be able to stay on the field, so you're not going to have your left and right tackle get hurt. Uh, Your quarterback's got a a, a year in. 12th is very fair. It might be off either way, but I would not put them higher, and I probably wouldn't drop them down too much, given the fact that, as is typically the case, Collar, the rest of the league is not that great.
1: What's really interesting to me is that 12th is where I would put them, but if they're going to get to any higher than that for where we ultimately view their talent level by the end of the season, a lot of guys are going to have to perform better than they did last season. If you get the same out of Xavier Rhodes, Daniel Hunter, Everson Griffin, then you feel great. So they're going on the assumption that you'll get that. But how many other players on this roster are you saying... Well, if they're going to be one of the top 15 or one of the top 10 most talented teams, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to get better than they did last year from how many guys? Because I look at Sam Bradford is right at the top of that list, had many, many reasons to say circumstances were against him. This went wrong. This went wrong. This went wrong. Offensive line injured, all that stuff. But never in his career has he had more than 21 touchdowns. He has never put up a season that you would consider other than QB rating, which is a really poor stat that you would ever say, Oh yeah, that guy was a top 10 quarterback and completion percentage as well can mislead you badly. Right? Yeah, It certainly
0: can. I mean, that's great. He threw a bunch of short passes and dumped them off and connected. Uh, I would say this offensively Bradford, big question mark uh, where I think there's probably is going to be more confidence. It's not just necessarily in the players themselves. The units, right? I mean, the offensive line I don't think can be worse. TJ Clemmings is gone now. I don't think – and I'm not saying it's going to be great. I'm not saying it's top five. But what I'm saying is if guys can stay on the field, it's going to stabilize itself. Running back. I mean, you put all all your eggs last year Mm -hmm. in the Peterson basket. He got hurt. I like this now. You got three viable different options, and – and I also go back to this. The offense is being run by a different person. And just as importantly, the person that dictated how, how that offense was run for the last X amount of years is gone as well. I like the fact that for the first time in memory now, the Vikings are going to have an offense that rotates around the strength of the most important player on the offense, the quarterback, as opposed to saying we have to keep Peterson happy because we all know that for about the last three or four years, that was the mandate basically mm-hmm. keep Adrian. And if Adrian didn't get enough carries in a 21 point loss, he was still upset despite the fact it made no sense to continue to hand him the ball when you were down by 15 points.
1: So I like that fact. Yeah. <laughs> um, you really, you really went down that Adrian Peterson path there. Well, I'm just uh, saying that, that defensively,
0: I have more questions about actual players, not scheme. Offensively, I have more confidence in that scheme. the scheme will work better because you're at least giving yourself a chance, and I don't think that you necessarily did last year.
1: Well, with the offensive line, that's another one where you're asking several players to be better than they were last year. You're asking potentially Nick Easton to be a lot better than he was. You're asking Riley reef to be better than he was last year. And Mike Remmers too. They were both playing out of position, which I think may have had a pretty big impact. I don't, I think we just think of guys as tackles like, yeah, just throw them over there, throw them over there. It's like the complete opposite technique. It's like moving a left defenseman in hockey to right defenseman or your brain doesn't work. Yeah. Saying, Hey, right fielder, just go play center field. Like there's adjustments to be made. uh, And at the highest level, that's pretty tough. And Mike Remmers cannot face elite pass rushers that he just does not have the skills to go up against the Everson Griffins of the world. And when he does, He usually gets his face beat in, but that's only if he's at the left side, right? He, he's reasonably decent at the right. But again, what you're asking for is you've got to be better. You've got to be better. You've got to be better than you were last season. And I always think that's a tough thing because we can always in the off season talk ourselves into, well, if this just happens, then he'll be fine or he'll be better or he won't be better. And a lot of times what we come out with at the end was, yeah, that guy kind of was who we thought he might be.
0: But to flip that conversation around to a certain degree, though, what we saw for much of uh, 2016 from that line was probably historically bad, right? Oh, yeah. So uh, so if if it will definitely be better, if Remmers and Reef can just be professional, it's an upgrade. The Vikings did not sign Pro Bowl players, but what I think they did do is they solidified things. And more importantly, I do think that they are going to come in now with an offense that you're, you're going to watch on film the day after a game and say, at least it made sense. <laughs> it might not have worked, but it made – I mean, th- think about yeah. how many times you went back and watched film last year and probably said to yourself, why? What are you even doing? And I do think you're going to give yourself a chance. But this all comes back to me. Largely to what? Sam Bradford. I mean, Sam mm-hmm. Bradford has been in this league now for seven years. He's played six because uh, he, he, he missed one because of the ACL. So he's played six years in this league, and we still talk about him like he's a third-year guy. I mean, either you think you know who he is and you'd prefer not to say because it might be bad, If the the truth might hurt, Or we're talking about a guy who's been in the league for six years and there's always been some excuse. Okay, he didn't have this or Philly changed that or this or that. So I do think the one thing that we are going to get this year is a true read on who this guy is. And if he's a decent quarterback, guess what? With that defense, he could probably win games. Now, the scary thing is if they're not decent, then you're in trouble.
1: Uh, I want to give you a couple other of these rankings here, and you could tell me if they're as interesting as I found them to be. For the pro football focus, overall roster talent. Nice. They had Tennessee at number three. Oh they're hot. They're hot commodity. That right is now. the hot, that is the hot Marcus pick. Marcus Mariota. Yes. I love Marcus Mariota. He's got a great offensive line. That might line. be a little aggressive. Corey Davis is their new pick and I think they're counting on Corey Davis being pretty good.
0: I think that I think that is probably a little bit high, but I'm on I'm on the train of the fact that, that I think they're going to be a pretty good team this year.
1: This one shocked me. Los Angeles Chargers. I don't like this one at all. I saw this. 8th. That's way too high, right? Wow. Yeah. Um, Do you like that? I could see them like now think about this last year. They were one of the higher scoring teams in the AFC last year. Their defense was brutal, but they'll have Joey Bosa coming back. Yep. Maybe they've made some improvements there. Maybe a better offensive line. They really didn't have a bad point differential, yep. but they had a really bad record. And sometimes when that happens, a team is better than you think. Maybe they just lost some close games. I think that they could be quite a bit better, but that AFC West is going to be hard. That's yeah. one of the hardest divisions, I think. I have a
0: feeling that that when, when they did those rankings, they sort of jumbled between 8 and 15 and said, eh. I mean, because the Vikings, the Vikings could have been 8th, too high, I think, personally. But that's the thing about this league, right? Mm-hmm. Year after year, the thing about this league is they'll, they'll say it's parity. We got great parity. They got a lot of mediocre okay teams. They probably have, in a given year...
1: Four really good teams, you think?
0: Yeah, is that fair? And there's a lot is of ra- that high. Yeah,
1: there's a lot of randomness too.
0: Exactly. So, yeah, the Chargers eighth. I I would actually, if I were to critique uh, the Titans at three or, or the Chargers at eight, I would be more surprised by the Chargers at eight than the Titans at three.
1: Yeah, I, I think agree the Titans with that. Would be good. Uh, but I wouldn't be shocked if Philip Rivers were to bounce back and have a really oh, he's good, good quarterback. Year. He's still, even though he's getting up there in age, he's still very good. The Bears, I think, if I had asked you where the Bears were, you probably would have told me thirty-first or thirty-second. Yeah, thirty-second came right to They're eighteenth. Okay. Given what? Well, they do have a, one of the best running backs in the league. They do have a, actually a really good offensive line, and we saw that last year a little bit okay, against but they the Vikings. Are.
0: They are incredibly dysfunctional. They have a lot of problems, and John Fox is going to be fired. There the Bears is are incredibly poorly run. The Bears yes, they are between the Bears and the Bulls. I feel bad for Chicago fans,
1: and maybe they're giving Mitch Trubisky some credit there. I'm not sure.
0: I think I think that is way too high. I think the Bears are going to be horrendous. I think the NFC North, without question, is probably going to be Green Bay, the Vikings. And if the Vikings are lucky, they'll duke it out with Green Bay for the division title. But I think it's clear the three, the three, four are Detroit and uh, Chicago.
1: The the last one that I wrote down that really surprised me, Los Angeles Rams all the way at number 31 after signing Andrew Whitworth and having a pretty good defense.
0: Uh, That's probably fair. That's probably fair. Although, don't don't they they have the twelve year old now, McAvey, <laughs> or the boy genius is going to come in and lead them to offensive explosions?
1: But they also hired Wade Phillips, who so can, is a legit defense. Can you genius. help me
0: on this one, Whitworth? What happened there? Do you think? Like, and and I'm not even saying Vikings. I'm just saying you had a Cincinnati left tackle who, without a doubt, was is due or was due one more payday, and you would think that there would be. That keeps happening on podcasts. Why do you allow that to happen? Silence your phone. Damn it. Sorry. Anyway. Sources. So, I have all these so sources. So you had. Doing great reporting, by the way. So you have, let's say, four to five teams that are going to be really good. Everybody, for the most part, or I shouldn't say that. A lot of teams need left tackles. Case in point, the Vikings.
1: How do you end up with the L.A. Rams? And it wasn't even that much money. No, I know, but I, that's that's what no, blows so, my mind. If right. it was the most money, okay. I'd be like, "Take care of your family, bro." Great
0: point. Great point. How does that happen? I have no idea. Like, how did he? That's. I am not kidding you. When I, if you were to say, Judd, rank your top three mysteries of, of, the last six months in this league, off season moves, top three off season. I I don't get
1: it. I think that's number one on yeah, my list. It might be. Because I think they have a zero percent chance of winning the Super Bowl. They, th- th- there is no what's chance. Le- what's less? Minus five five. Yeah,
0: they've no. They have no they have no chance and this guy's a left tackle and he's old and he's really good. But everyone would have taken him. Yes. Yeah. So how did he end up, as you just said, didn't break it didn't break the bank? The Vikings I mean, if I was the Vikings, I would
1: have been Plus, all over that guy. Taxes in California yeah you get hit pretty i mean it's like that chris paul deal huh it's serious chris paul's going yeah. from
0: the la clippers paying taxes there yep to houston texas no state income tax
1: yep you i mean it's a huge 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 dollar amount oh it's for enormous. somebody who's paid that much but i don't understand that one at all pinks hot dogs that must be it have you ever been to la i, I mean was born there what i've told you that you have
0: not hollywood baby we really Hollywood, California, November thirteenth, nineteen sixty nine. I didn't know that. My parents lived in Los Angeles. They met there. They lived there forever and ever. And then when I was like uh, a year old, my dad got transferred to Baltimore.
1: Oh, okay. I didn't In retail,
0: know that. yes. I'm an LA guy at heart.
1: Have you spent any time out there? No, since? I can't. No, really not stand really. Okay. Well, East Coast uh, guy. The traffic is as bad as they say. It is. I have. It's no actually old. worse.
0: I had a buddy who lived, lived there briefly, and he actually lived uh, down the hill from Dodger Stadium. Not far at all. Great area. Chavez gorgeous. Green? Yes, yeah. gorgeous area. All that being said, the traffic stunk, and you have to drive everywhere. Uh huh. Yep. Can't it's so get spread anywhere. out, and yep. downtown was really dead and, and slow and boring.
1: Mm-hmm. Not my type of town. Yeah, that's the interesting thing about it is there isn't a whole lot going on in downtown L.A. Like where Staples Center is. Is there now? They Um, they were trying to build it up in 2001, the last time that I was there. There is probably a lot more than there was when you were there, but it was even my observation that around the stadium, there's not a lot. Like, if you're wandering around to just see what's up, uh, there's a lot more action in downtown Minneapolis in the middle of the day than there is downtown LA. Other than people going to the courthouse, there's all I mean, I went inside the courthouse just because. because that was where O.J. was tried, right? Uh, downtown L.A.? Wasn't there a... Tra- yeah, I think you're right. I, I think, think there was right. a big debate right. about whether to try... No, maybe it wasn't downtown. The-, the debate was to try him in downtown or out where he they was from. They moved it. From. I yeah. think
0: you're right. I think they moved it out. Yeah. Cause but I- anyway, so...
1: Cause, cause <laughs> but, they- the, but Pink's Hot Dogs is in downtown L.A., it's great. And the Rams are going to play in Inglewood, correct? Yes. Which is where the Lakers yes. used to play. The yes. I formed with the
0: Kings. Yep. And if I'm not mistaken... Uh, the Rams are going to play on the site of the old racetrack out there. Yep. And I believe I read where the Clippers now are exploring building an arena out there themselves. But really? that's that's like past the airport. Oh, All of this is way too much driving for me. The West Coast oh, is way too much driving. I don't like that that much driving. The only the only West Coast place that I, I would live and I don't make nearly enough to do it is San Francisco. Love San Francisco. San
1: Francisco is great. Great area. Do you count Seattle as like Pacific Northwest? Yeah, I do. And I love Seattle. Seattle. Seattle's, Seattle's fantastic.
0: Yep. But I wouldn't if I lived in Seattle, I wouldn't think to myself that I live on the West Coast. Yeah. I think to myself, what you just said, Pacific Northwest, and I like it a lot. But I'm just saying if I went all the way out to the coast, San Francisco's about it.
1: So here's a question for you. Then if you were Andrew Whitworth and you had offers from almost every team to come play for them. Yes. I mean there are a handful of teams that have left tackles locked in, but let's say you had twenty offers. Yep. Which team are you playing for in the NFL? Oh, well, if... It was, where, where do the Vikings rank on this list? If... If I'm him,
0: honestly, probably fairly high. I get... Well, here's what I'm thinking. If I was him, so I'm taking into account potential of team, city, area, state, blah, blah, blah. Giants would be near the top of my personal list. Um... Maybe if I like Florida, the Tampa, like Tampa Bay to me is is an attractive team now. Good place to live. I I personally like it. Jets stink. So no on the Jets, (laughs) but the Vikings would be probably top five. I mean, with as bad as the Vikings were at left tackle and as I can't imagine because they're not a cheap team. I can't imagine that they wouldn't have aggressively pursued a guy like that. The Vikings, the Vikings would, would be top five. And if I liked Cincinnati, why wouldn't I like it here? I and mean, it's cooler here, but I I don't want to say small town, but you're talking about two sort of mid-sized towns.
1: I think it would be up on my list because it's a one of the top, I think all-time franchises. Like if you start saying, "Who are the all-time pillar franchises of the league?" Well, they're you'd start with Dallas, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Which Pittsburgh would probably be on my list. I would just
0: say Green Bay as well. Green
1: Bay is on the list, but I think I think the Vikings are right up there. Yeah, and they pay and they pay, they do pay, they're in
0: a new stadium and they're going to get a new place to practice in. So what's the downside? And plus, if, if it's me and I say, okay, I'm, I'm going to play here, I'm going to sign my last contract with you. Let's say I'm going to play three or four more years. And then I say, where do you hold training camp? And they're like, man, Cato, for one more year. Yeah. Right. And then you can basically just go home. I'm like, yeah, that's all me. Right. You can. I come here
1: quick. You're going to practice in our space Brad, station after this. And
0: Bradford's not a train wreck, right? Right. As far as quarterbacks go, yeah. no, I mean, yeah, yeah. you're not, you're not saying, talking oh, about the God, Jets where they, yeah. it's
1: Hackenberg or something.
0: Yes. Or or a McCown. So last thing for you, give me the teams in your opinion who are who are positioning themselves this year to lose as much as possible to get quarterbacks next year because the Bears have theirs, and I don't think they're purposely. I think the Bears are just a train wreck mm-hmm. and terrible. I'll start with the Jets, though. The Jets are doing their teardown is a fantastic job. They they have taken the 76ers blueprint and applied it to the National Football League.
1: Yeah, I think, yes, they're uh, the 49ers and yep, the one. Cleveland Browns, I still think, are in that mode. They signed some offensive linemen, and I think they have one of the best offensive lines in the NFL now with Joe Thomas leading that. But they also signed some other guys, too. So they're pretty stacked up there. But quarterback, they're yeah. If question. they're playing Kaiser as a rookie yeah. or Brock Osweiler, you're you're looking at three, four wins there at most. I think those are really your only teams. You know who is missing the ball by not doing it yep. is Jacksonville. Like they've they've got some talent, like on defense. Jalen Ramsey's a pretty good player, but Blake Bortles is a disaster, and they need to find a new quarterback as soon as possible. They they would be you way London, up, way right? up to the top of my list,
0: huh? I said you you mean. The uh, future London oh, the, franchise, the London Jaguars. Don't you? Yeah, the London Jaguars. Well, I I don't know that that owner necessarily gets it. Now the Jets guy know, doesn't you know either. What, but I like what they're. I I like the fact that they just abandon all hope and that they're making sure they're going to be as bad as possible.
1: I think they have they had a bad coach for one Jacksonville. Gus Bradley. Yes, who's now the defensive coordinator for the Rams, right? Maybe he's just the guy who's a coordinator. Sure. Uh, defensive coordinator for the Rams is Wade Phillips, I think. Now, isn't it?
0: Oh, I thought you said he was with the Chargers. I get them all confused. Oh,
1: I uh, yeah no, I think he's with the Rams. Rams, okay. But it might be, but like, Bradley might be somewhere else. Or then he might be saying, yeah. Anyway, I forget what the point. Oh, with Jacksonville, I yeah. think th- I think they built a nice roster. I mean, with adding Leonard Fournette to that, they've sure. got some weapons. They've got a defense that has talent there. It's just the quarterback. When you have Blake Bortles as your quarterback, to me, played some of the worst football I've seen of the decade last yep. year.
0: Yep. That's it, but Collar. Uh, here's that, the that's thing. that's where you're going to yeah, lose a bunch of
1: games. But you took him so high that this is yeah. the bound and yep. determined
0: yep. that you know, come hell or high water, they are going to show that he works. Uh, Gus Bradley, current uh, current defensive coordinator for the L. A. Chargers. Okay, I think we got the not the Rams, got, but yeah, but he is. That's that's the death of a guy like that. Yep. Right, Blaine Gabbert, same team, gave him every right? chance. By Just, Christian Christian Ponder here, and you all can't, that you can't bring yourself to say.
1: We bleeped up. Yep. It's just bad luck. Usually though, I, the way that I always look at those is that's just pure bad luck. You draft these quarterbacks. Some work, some don't, right, but how quickly do
0: you decide? How quickly do you decide it's bad luck? It didn't work.
1: Yeah. We have to yeah, cut yeah. bait. I just, I'm saying that I wouldn't look at the ownership and say, Oh, they're a mess because they got those wrong. When anybody, anytime can get it wrong. Cause it's bad luck.
0: That's how it works. He bought a team in Jacksonville, Florida.
1: Well, there's that.
0: They put a swimming pool in because they, the they can't Bowl. draw fans. They That is the worst awarded Super Bowl in the history of Super Bowls. Did you see? Buffalo it? would have been a better choice. And Jacksonville, you know why they went to Jacksonville? Because the L.A. thing got all screwed up, and mm-hmm. so they didn't go there. Going to Jacksonville, Florida, I mean, I get it. Green Bay has a franchise. They've had it forever. It's a great franchise. It's really cool. Buffalo, New York, same thing. Long-time franchise. But you purposely in the 1990s said, "Uh uh-huh, Jacksonville, which is essentially a southern suburb of Atlanta, which already has a team. You know, Tampa Bay, Miami, God bless them. They deserve teams. It's great. Jacksonville is a bad choice. Jacksonville. I mean, Houston is a horse bleep town. It's awful. I hate it. But I get why they have a team. No state income taxes. It's huge. makes a lot of sense for Houston. to. Just because I don't like Houston doesn't mean that they shouldn't have a team jacksonville
1: i would pluck that sucker out of there so fast to make your head spin i got nothing else
0: got nothing for me no i got nothing and else. nothing else in our notes to go other through? i
1: mean i'm with you in the jacksonville it's just
0: a terrible city but,
1: but they also have jackson deville who is their mascot well i would say is one of the best mascots in all of pro sports okay next week that's what we should do all right
0: we next will. week because because we did we did mm. jerseys last week right yes okay let's next week let's do mascots Purple Podcast, uh guessling, guessling if I'm not mistaken, will return next week, although I think I'm off. I don't I think know. think you're, you're just you're guessing for not. Collars, old gad, whatever. Bye.